Season 2, episode 13, and we're back in the studio. I'm delighted to be joined by the lead singer and singer-songwriter from Cork band Elbe. They are absolutely tremendous. I'm delighted to be joined by Seamus Allen. How's it going, bud? You're very welcome. Not too bad. Uh, you good yourself? Yeah, I'm good, man. I got the pronunciation right anyway, you Elbe. You did, yeah, yeah. It's a cool name. I, I, I was looking her up on... Um, Wikipedia to try and find what the meaning was, but I know there's a river somewhere in Europe called Elbe. Yeah, uh, her drummer actually is from Dresden, so the river actually runs through her, uh, the, through the city, sorry, not through her. Um, but yeah, so that's where we came up with the name. And is there a particular reason why? I think it was just more um, the fact that we were looking for a name and uh, because she was from Germany and that was sort of something a bit interesting, the fact that we were based in Cork. And she's the strongest Cork accent for a German person as well. <laughs> <laughs> it, do you know what it catches on people after a while, eh? Oh yeah, yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> <laughs> because you're brogue, you're not from Cork, you're from up north. Yeah, I'm from, uh, not far from Belfast, uh, 30 minutes towards Derry. Yeah. And it was funny because you were saying to me when you go back home, people comment on your Cork accent. They do, they do. I must I must sing a bit more than I used to, you know. <laughs> Sentences go up at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 2023 looking like a good year for you guys. I mean, there's been a bit of change in the band, but you're getting ready now to get out gigging, eh? Oh, real, real positive. Um, James, he's joined and he's brought real positive, real energetic. So, and the new songs that are coming out, uh, we're going to go record again in... Um, April, I think, and we're hoping to do a wee single and a, like a wee tour for that as well. Fab. But we're really excited for people to hear the new material at Fred's and some of the future gigs and stuff. So Unreal, unreal, yeah. because you've got quite the back catalogue. We do, we do. We, we, we love recording. <laughs> <laughs> How bad? Yeah. How bad? Do you know what? Get the songs down and get them, get them out there. Yeah. You know, and then they're forever part of the uh, music history. Of course, of course. It's, it's like doing a painting or something, you know, you've got something to show for it there. Yeah. So I invited you on this week, Seamus, to chat about the four songs that you've written that are most personal to you. Now, the first song that you've chosen, well, I actually got to choose the order, which was a strange one this week, but I'm delighted. But it's the fantastic Known to Move. Why did you pick this one? Uh, So I always play guitar and um, I only sort of, this is my first band and I played in a duo before, but I think this was the first song that I ever wrote that I thought was, was any good. Um, the lyrics and like all my lyrics are they mean something and they're like a time in my life and it's kind of like what I observe or the process I go through uh, so it kind of has a nice place in my heart as such because it's the first song I read that I actually had a bit of confidence about Okay. and it's I think it's a lovely wee song and it um, it's one of the reasons why I chose it Okay. well we'll have a listen to it and we'll come back and we'll chat some more yep. about the song Okay. so this is the first song that Seamus from Elbe has chosen, and this is the very cool Known to Move. Come greets me with a smile Leaves us feeling like a child Time is always in the past Hope is all I have left Could you short I'm a fool Joy is all I can see Could you short I'm a fool Joy is all I can see 
love the lines. Cold greets me with a smile, leaves us feeling like a child. Time is always in the past, and hope is all I have last. Beautiful. If you can make out what I'm singing, it's, it's quite good. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you were travelling at the time. You were about to travel before in around when you wrote that song, right? Yeah, so um, I kind of wrote it before I immigrated to Toronto. And I think I was in a place that it was like the usual, the cliches, you know, um, broken relationship and working in a job that I didn't really like. And I was only, I was a very young man as well. So a lot of my friends had moved away as well. So it was kind of just like a place in my life that it was like, you know, I need to do something and shake things up. And, mm. and I ended up moving to Canada, um, probably for, for the better in the long run. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, how long did you stay over for? Not very long, actually. Um, I stayed for about seven months or so, and then I came back. But, did you um, miss home too much? Is that what it was? Uh, a few a few things happened over there that just sort of put me off. And, you know, it's like an experience. Uh, mm. Some of it was good, some of it was bad. But um, I'm very happy that I went because I ended up here and met a lot of really really good people all the way through, you know. Yeah, how did you end up in Cork? Um, random, random. Uh, basically, I, I went to Canada, and when I came back... Because I sort of left, and when I came back, I think there was a recession, so it was hard to get a job. So I was kind of like unemployed for about a year, and then I decided to do teaching for a year in England, and then I came back from teaching, and then this was the first job I got offered in Cork, so I was just, I took it with two hands and thought I'd just give it a go, you know? And mm. I came down to Cork, and I loved it. it. It reminded me of Belfast a lot. There's a lot of, I always say, friendly lunatics. <laughs> 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 Belfast is a similar sort of, um, you know, characters is what is probably yeah. more PC name to call them. But um, yeah. I like the other one, though. Uh, friendly lunatics. Yeah. I like it as well. <laughs> I, I'm probably a friendly lunatic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a room, two friendly lunatics yeah, talking yeah. about music. What yeah. could possibly go wrong? So there was a lot of kind of, I guess it was at that stage of your life. So there was a lot of travel because when I was listening to the song, what I tend to do, with these is a couple of days before the podcast I tend to immerse myself in them and just get a feel for the song but then it's lovely because sometimes I guess you know what you write a song for a way you're feeling but I guess the beauty about music is once you put it out there people can perceive it to be what they want of course of course you know that kind of way but when I was listening to it I certainly got this sense of on the move yeah and in the, the verse, I'm leaving so I can breathe, the way you sing it, and it's because your voice is quite high-pitched at times, yeah. very soft-spoken, but when the way you sing so I can breathe, it's much deeper, but it gave me this real sense of, here's a guy who needed to move because it's like... <sighs> yeah, no, 100%. Like, um, like the place I was working, if a lot of the people that, that I... They were lovely friends and colleagues and stuff, they were always saying, oh, I was only here for a year or two and 20 years later and, and they all hated their job and everything and I just was like... You didn't want to be that guy? Not even that guy, I just, I didn't want to get stuck in that that trap, you know? Mm. Um, so it was it was a needed thing to do, you know? Yeah. Growing up, what were your initial influences in music? When we're younger, our initial influences are, I guess, what our parents listen to. But then as we become teenagers, we we discover our own. So it's it's a twofold question, really. Growing so, up, what were your influences? Well, I have, a, I have a great story. I don't know if this has influenced my music or not, but okay. uh, it's a great story. So um, when I was very young, I can't even remember, but I was probably like um, infant school, like primary, primary one or primary two. And um, the teachers ended up phoning my parents and uh, they were worried that I might have been a disturbed child because um, <laughs> everybody else was drawing pictures of... Um, 
I don't know what kids draw, but I drew houses and suns and trees. I drew I drew a dead teacher lying by the side of the road, <laughs> <laughs> and my dad went in and I was laughing because um, one of his favorite records was Neil Young, and he's got a song and the lyric is "Dead man lying by the side of the road" as the building scraped the sky. So unbeknownst to me, I obviously was influenced by this and I was drawing pictures of <laughs> probably horrifying uh, poor teachers, you know. Shows um, you were listening to lyrics though at such a young age. Yeah, like I've obviously no regulation of this. It's just a funny story that gets dragged up every so often when you're at family outings, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Neil Young, I guess so, through your dad, Neil Young would have been an influence. Who else? Um, so my dad had a great record collection, actually. I remember we weren't allowed to use his vinyl player. And um, we used to love, me and my brother used to love putting on Voodoo Child. Uh, oh, nice. Just because it had a lovely intro and it was like, we always cranked the volume up as well. I mean, you must be no age, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, John Prime, he listened to loads of John Prime, Bob Dylan, loads of stuff, loads of really good 70 stuff. Mm. He also listened to... Um, I'm sure Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young was in the repertoire somewhere there, was it? Was, yeah, yeah. Um, sad about David Crosby, eh? Very, very sad, yeah. Mm. He... Um, he seemed, uh, I followed him on Twitter as well, he seemed to get an interesting character as well. I, yeah. Maybe a friendly lunatic. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> most definitely, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, most definitely. Because it was sad to see, I mean, over the years, himself and Graham Nash, who had been such great friends, had actually fallen out. I yeah. remember them speaking about it on a, on a kind of a documentary that I was watching. But then when David Crosby passed... Nash's stuff he put up in post were just beautiful and it was you know what really mattered was the music that they created together. Yeah. Yeah, they did they made some really good music like um which is a good thing to be at, you know. For a super group, I think I would claim them to be. Oh, there would definitely be a super group, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the first one of of, of note really that kinda I my my knowledge of the history wouldn't be uh, enough to, to dispute that, so yeah. I, I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess as we grew up and you became a teenager and you started discovering music yourself, what started to influence you in your teenagers? So I remember a boy giving me Nevermind when I was thirteen. Do you know the? Mm. And then I remember being blown away by. But the first the first um, CD I ever bought was The Best of Blur, and I must have been eleven or something. But mm. it, again, it was Song Two. So that kind of big guitar sound just blew me away when I was a kid. Mm. And then that's probably why I started playing guitar. And then I got into metal a lot. I loved thrash metal when I was in my 15, 16s. And I loved like Rush and loads of stuff oh, like this. Massive Rush. Yeah, yeah. And then it was more, I think um, I got into folk. I always sort of liked folk as well, but I got more into folk and then indie and like just a mix of stuff, you know. And, and now it's a case of... Like I like I like everything I like all types good of music. music. Yeah, yeah, good. Anything's good. Like, yeah. um, my favorite artist at the minute and has been for a while is Elliot Smith. Okay, um, I'm sort of obsessed with him. Um, do you go down a rabbit hole when you find somebody that you absolutely I just do, connect with? I do, I do. I, I listen to albums. Mm. So like the um, I'm actually listening to the Murder Couple album at the minute. It's really, really it's excellent. The new yeah. one. And then the one before that was the Fontaine's DC, the last album. What a band. Just from start to finish the album. And would you listen to it in the order of the album? Yeah, just, I like, I, I unfortunately I use Spotify even though, you know, but like, it's convenient. But I just play the album from start to finish and listen through and that's what I do most of my um, listening. Yeah, and we've brought it up here a few times, myself and some other guests, that I guess it's important when you listen to an album that you listen to it one through to because that's the order that the band have presented it to yeah. you. There's there's a craft in it, like, and even, like, 
I'd see myself, um, so I write the songs and bring them to the guys and, and Nora, she's a very honest German woman and she'll tell me something's not good enough, you know, or for the single or whatever. Uh, but then she might come back and she's like, actually there's something to that, you know, or, you know, like, and then I'm just like, maybe it's an album track, you know, but there is, there's good stuff in between the big hits, mm. I think. Mm. And there's a lot of subtlety that maybe some people don't pick up on not listening to albums, you know. Yeah, because I think every album, it's a journey. Yeah. To go on that journey, yeah, there's some beautiful sights along the way, but then there's got to be the ones that link you to those beautiful sights. Yeah, yeah. And there's, it's kind of like, um, there's something to pick up in all music anyway, but there's also like we more sort of subtle or intricate things that pick up that you might not, and every lesson's different as well a lot mm. of times. Mm. Mm. So yeah. you, some lessons are different than others, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that sometimes when you listen to an album, and each time you listen, you get a different vibe. Yeah, like it's, I don't think there's any other media that you could consume or use as much rep repetitively as music. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't know, I guess you're like me. I, I, I'm all for the feel of it and the, the journey and the words. And and yeah, it depends on what mood I wake up in. I yeah. hear an album in a different way. Like, I think it's directly tied into emotion as well, because mm. like if you're feeling a certain way, you might listen to a certain type of music. You know, it's like when you break up with somebody <laughs> and you turn on the radio and it's all slow, slushy songs or yeah. our songs. I tell you, do you know what's dangerous, actually? Um, I remember one time I was listening to Slipknot and I happened to be reading about the housing crisis and it's just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, everyone, everyone, you know, <laughs> let's, let's, let's do some damage or something. Yeah, you know? start throwing tiles at people. And <laughs> it's a dangerous mix. It sure is. I also love an early blossom blooms a flame, a candle to extinguish all the fear. Yeah, that's me being, trying to be very poetic. What's the meaning behind them? Um, and by the way, kudos with the poetry. It is very poetic. I do. I do I spend a lot of time in, in the poetry. So I kind of think that was my idea of like, you know, me maybe just thinking, oh, have I peaked too soon? So an early blossom would be that, mm -hmm. uh, and then I remember the the famous Neil Young song actually, you know, the candle burns the brightest. Mm. So I kind of melded blooming too early, and you know, I was very young as well. Like, so I kind of that's where that came from. Okay, you know, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I remember immediately when when I heard the song for the first time. It's just a beautiful acoustic start, and then your beautiful vocal comes in over it, but. Then kind of once once you kind of get into the song, it just goes to a different level altogether, but it still maintains that mellowness, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, I think Christian Best definitely helped a lot with this. Shout out to the producer. So basically, I kind of wanted a change for the last vocal line and outro mm. because it's a bit more dramatic. And I always had the idea of like, a lot of strings type things building in and finger like you know a lot of just more swelly sort of noise mm. but him being a drummer by trade sort of like melded what we were doing together to get it to be a lot more smoother so it wasn't as drastic as it maybe potentially would have been before we went to the studio mm. um, and it, it really benefits the song and it's kind of what I imagined the song could be so that was the one that we actually struggled with in the studio uh, initially and then on the last day we got it and I was like yeah that's what I wanted you know when you write a song and you come up with the initial idea, is the finished product what you had initially hoped it would be or thought it would be? So for this song, I can definitely say this is what I imagined. This was kind of like more my baby than anything else because probably 
um, it maybe might, might not even fit with the rest of the type of music we do. So I definitely like almost like I didn't want it to change from what I initially heard in my head. Mm. The other songs I wouldn't, I couldn't say the same. Um, I obviously brought the the verses and choruses and, and lyrics and stuff, but I was a lot more open to things changing and I'm just going with the feel of, of the, the time we were recording. Mm. And I'm really happy with all the songs, obviously, but they weren't as such me being like, no, it has to be X, Y, Z, yeah. you know? You don't have control issues. No, no, no. I like. I think music is definitely very much. It's better, or it's it's good if if everybody contributes, or if it's like a free thing. It's like a you know, it's it's a relationship almost like between the four or five people or three people or whatever that's doing it. Mm. Um, like the guys don't tell me how to sing a vocal melody, and I don't tell them how to to play bass or drums or piano or keys or anything. And I'm very lucky that they do like stuff I love the sound of anyway like I never have to be like oh well, you know yeah. <laughs> you know we've got to get rid of that sax though like yeah <laughs> so I'm very lucky that way and speaking of the band tell me the history of the band when did you guys form and how did you meet uh, so I actually I had notions of playing music in Canada and in England and everywhere else and it just never came to, to part uh, so I had a lot of, I had a few songs or um, written, and I wanted just to get a band together. So I sent um, an advert into, I think it was Gumtree, and Nora responded because she heard another song of ours, um, which we recorded, um, "The Lives of Others." I just done a like a, a one demo take thing on it, and she liked the sound of it. So she got onto me, along with t- another guitarist and a bassist, um, s- another keys player slash songwriter. And we all met up, and the only one that survived was Nora. I think, as well, that my my music ability at that stage was very much like, oh, um, I'll walk in and and but I had no sense of structure and time mm. and and everything else. It was just like assuming everybody would know what I was doing, and uh, there was a bit of a, a curve for that. So Nora had seen enough in me that day to be like, oh, there's something here, and then she had a friend Kieran that she played in a band. The Tuesday Bits with before so she invited Kieran along and then we played as a three piece for a, a while and we recorded our first EP then Nora works for Simon okay. and one of her colleagues is in, as a doctor and her daughter plays keys so Emily came in on her second EP just to play keys on the music just to fill the sound out and stuff Yeah, and we just loved what she was doing and we were like oh can, do you think she'll like she was a professional musician and a very talented. She is a very talented person, so we were just wondering, can we like maybe coax her into joining? You know. Uh, so thankfully she did, and then we that was so we started sorry in two thousand and nineteen I think, and then Emily joined maybe two thousand and twenty one maybe or something like this, and then unfortunately uh, due to just creative issues and stuff, um, we we parted ways with Kieran, and. A friend of mine, our work colleague, James Moon, uh, he's exceptionally talented. He's a, he's a better guitarist, a better bassist, and he's probably a better singer than myself. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard him sing too much yet, but he's just a... Yeah, we don't want to start that either. Yeah? He's, a, he's a musical genius. He plays in, he played for um, Yankee, and he has his own project, Ebb and Flow, they played the other oh, week. Oh, yeah, I saw them actually in Cypress Avenue the week before last. He was, he was the guy doing four things at once. It was very funny because I was there to see Strafe, Oh yeah, the last band, but it was the next day. You put up a picture 
of when Evan Flo were playing and I was laughing because I was about four feet to the left of you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I wonder which guy he was. <laughs> yeah, so so he joined and, and he's been, I suppose, a member just for the last couple of months. Okay. And it's, it's exciting because it's, you know, it's changed, it's different, it's something something new. And I like. guess it's fresh too, it is, isn't it? It is you fresh. Know, and that's no disrespect to your, your ex-bass player, but oh. when anybody new comes in, it's... Musically, Kieran, Kieran was excellent. Like mm. I had no no issues with them, um, and it's just one of those things. Um, it happens. It happens. It does. Yeah. And but James is like he's he's an energetic kind of guy. Like I don't move around too much on stage, but now at the minute I have Emily and James bopping away, so I kind of feel maybe more pressure to to jig to move a wee bit more. <laughs> you have to go for dance lessons. Yeah, I have to do something. Right? <laughs> okay, so we move on to the second song that you've chosen. It's called "So Much So Few." And why did you pick this one? Uh, so I picked this one because it kind of I suppose this is like my lockdown song in inverted commas. But it's also, it's kind of part of my life and a lot of people's lives at the minute. It's definitely a political song as such in that it's just like frustration and anger at like the cost of rent and the cost of everything else. And, you know, it's not like we're asking for too much. We're just asking for the basics. Mm. And we kind of feel, I feel and other people feel sort of a bit let down or just just a bit frustrated, you know. Mm. So it's me basically being angry. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's hear you being angry then, yeah. and we'll come back in a mellow way. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the second song uh, that Seamus from Elbe has picked. This is so much, so few.
So El Bedu Angry, wow, it is class though. Thank you very much. I love the effect that you have on the vocal. It gives that kind of dirty, angry uh, vibe. Yeah. So despite me uh, saying early on I might listen to Slipknot, I'm not very good at doing the angry vocals. So I need the help of a wee uh, distorted mic or um, uh, maybe the Strokes mic or something. But uh, it definitely it adds to the vibe of that song. Um, we sort of came about actually from lockdown because I thought it'd be a good idea to start building guitar pedals. So I bought a few kits and, and then I started getting into fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> and how was lockdown for you? How was that whole two year period personally and as a musician? Uh, I like to talk as you, you might be aware. Uh, so Thankfully, I, I actually was working the whole time on site, so I was able to communicate with all the people. But it, it was tough not seeing live music and and not being able to do things that you normally could do. Um, I wouldn't want to go back to it for loving or money, you know. But isn't it frustrating as a nation that loves the arts and we're a nation of storytellers. We always have been through poetry, through song, through music, through painting, through all the different streams of the arts. And it's a thing we're worldwide known for, but it was the industry that was hit first and sorted out last. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it probably still hasn't been sorted out. Like, yeah. I think that's the biggest problem with that, in my opinion, would be that like, because we have so much arts and we have so much um, like talented musicians and poets and painters, I think it's taken for granted. I even noticed that among ourselves that like, we actually get quite a lot of good attention in England really? just from emailing people that, and, and people really take maybe more of an effort just to listen and it's harder to to get as much attention and, and from what my I've experienced whereas when anybody we've, we've a couple of like I would call them super fans over in England and they're always like pushing our stuff and and it's just I'm kind of like Jesus what's going on here like you know like why is we getting such a positive reaction you know but again, it's it's maybe that's just my my imagination, or if you've a similar experience. Like I think it's very hard for bands here in Ireland because commercial radio. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, every station has a show dedicated to independent bands. Mostly, it's two or three hours once a week. Yeah, and there's far too much. I, so much is getting through the cracks, and I just. As a lover of original music, I just find it frustrating because uh, uh, people then don't get to hear what we have. Yeah, of course. And like like one of my favourite things that happen in my car is sometimes I pick up 8 Radio and they have like a mix of all sorts of stuff. Like hmm. uh, It doesn't happen very often. Like, but I, They're not, weekends or something, aren't they? I, I think it's, it's more just probably the reception, but it's a case of like, you don't know what to expect. Yeah. And literally, like, and some songs I maybe won't like, but it's the fact that like, you're like, oh, what's that? You know? Yeah. And it's very seldom, because like, I have the radio on in the car all the time. And I, I don't get me wrong, I don't mind popular music. It's just, I would love a radio station that does something different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all the time. Yeah, but, there was one. I remember years ago, I can't remember its name now, but I remember there was like an alternative station opened in Dublin and it didn't last too long. Yeah, yeah. It's probably, probably I'm maybe one of the few, you know. I used to love the, the Paul McLoon the show. Mm. Like, he introduced me to Fontaine's DC, as I was mentioning to you earlier. Um, but that was in my commute to, I used to do night shifts in Newry. 
Okay. So I used to, I used to. That was the one that good aspect of working night shift. I could listen to his show from start to finish. You know. Yeah. And as a band, Alba, how did you use the time over lockdown? Did you use it well? Did you were you able to write away and? Oh, I, I am always writing. So, like, I'll be not finished another song, and then I'll start another one, and have like loads of half written songs which I have to finish and. Your voice so, note memory must be full on your phone, is oh. it? <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a man, he writes a bit of music himself. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my, my notes as well is just full of lyrics, so I'm always just writing, because it's probably how I enjoy the guitar the most um, and enjoy just music the most. Obviously, you observe a lot about what goes on in life through your own eyes, but are you constantly looking at stuff and getting inspiration to write? Uh, not necessarily. I find that there's a different times when, like, if I try and write a song, it's going to be shade, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But then I kind of have to, like, I it's, again, I used to do night shift, and for some reason on night shift I could do crosswords, but I can't do crosswords any other time. So, and I used to actually write some cool lyrics, in my opinion, driving into work, cause, or like, coming home from night shifts, or even if I'm maybe having a beer and waiting for somebody, or if I'm waiting or walking actually is quite mm. good as well mm. and it's kind of just like I see something and then I think oh and then something a weird way to say it pops into your head and you're like oh that actually sounds alright and then some a concept comes from that and it's just like you know it's hard to explain and is it lyrics first with you or melody or can it be both is it so I mix? just have um, it's a lot of it's trial and error <laughs> <laughs> so I have like as I said I have a million notes written down of different lyrics and then I kind of just play guitar and be like, oh, that sounds cool, and then just go walking from there. And then if I like the music, then I'll just open up my notes and then just see what works or doesn't work. And I think, like, I think you can probably fit any melody in with any lyrics. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. But at least this way, I think all of the lyrics have some sort of substance because, and I don't really write. Like, it's not like me. Oh, how, how do I fit this word in? Yeah, you know. that's what I noticed. Your lyrics, and and I love it. It's it's nearly very minimalist. Yeah, you get the message across in the least amount of words. You know, some people write a song and it's seriously long, and even the lines. And I guess it's just a style, isn't it? But that's what I noticed with you. It's you have a lot to say, but you say it very concisely. Yeah, um, that's actually something I'm trying to work on as well. So again, I wouldn't say like I'm a fantastic songwriter and I'm always trying to learn and, and take on advice from everybody. So so I'm actually, just for even my own interest, I'm trying to write songs with a lot more lyrics okay. and more, probably the more the traditional sense. Um, so maybe the new songs are like that, maybe they're not. But I've heard that before, but I personally like it like that. But I also don't mind trying something new as well, you know? Yeah, it's all about learning, isn't it? I mean, you, you, you'll never stop learning as yeah. a songwriter or a musician. Yeah, 100%. As well, like, I spend a lot of time writing the lyrics and then most people kind of understand what I'm saying, so I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to work on my diction a lot as well with the singing, so people can understand what I'm saying, but also keeping the, the, the sound of the voice, you know? Yeah. Are Jews paid more out? Common, come on. A lesson, less you knew, the less we all have. Half ain't nearly full, not even just a few. Yeah. So that's just me. A lot of themes there about just the normal man just being sort of taken advantage of or just getting the hard end of the stick, like, um, and just about frustration. I don't know if you can make it out yourself. 
it's like a, a backward way about me saying half, more than half of us are getting very little mm-hmm. and there's a small percentage of people just raking it in and mm-hmm. it's a very I don't know it's it's not even a groundbreaking thing to say mm-hmm. but at the time it just was like this is life's not easy for everybody and it's it's not even my life's not hard either like uh, I'm quite fortunate that uh, I'm not str- struggling too much you know but it's just a case of like everybody is affected unless they're probably that branch one percent yeah 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 and it seems to, I don't know about you but it seems to be getting I'm only it seems to be getting more there's a bigger gap or something mm. and it's yeah. just like how do they get away with it? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. There's people profiteer on everything. Oh. People profiteered on a pandemic. People are profiteering on war. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, like. And it's, it's it seems to be, like, actually, reading the news. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, being informed is good, like, but then it's also, like, it's frustrating, too, because you just see some of the things and you're just like, oh, you know. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's so obvious. Oh, yeah, but uh, most people just head in the sand because it's probably better for their mental health or they're just their general day to day like but and I know obviously like not everybody has maybe even the same uh, viewpoint or like background or whatever and everybody's going to disagree that's the older I get the more I realise that you'll never agree with everybody and anything mm. just, and do you think the powers that be they know that and they play on that I don't know I'm probably not well enough informed on it but okay. I'd say if I was given an opinion I'd probably be like of course <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're cute they're cute hooers as they say <laughs> oh yeah Man on the Wire Concerns in Lou Stern the Ages Skin Breaks Ridges Anew so again that's just about like somebody struggling and maybe aging and, and just feeling strain and pressure mm. um, that's the lyrics there that's what, what they mean like yeah yeah when was this song written? When did you come out with this one? So the lyrics I wrote for that were probably um, maybe before lockdown, actually. I had them sort of there and I, I knew there was something to them. Um, the guitar riff sort of came in. It was acoustic originally and then... It's hard to believe that that, especially because it's real grungy even, yeah. without putting you into a box. But I certainly hear your Nevermind influence Oh yeah, in yeah, that. yeah. Um, I love a I love a good distorted guitar, like, mm. um, and then I think the building the the fuzz pedals over lockdown um, just was like, oh, this is a nice sound. I must can I write a song like this? I originally bought the band and thought they were going to be like, nah, that's not for us, like. But they, they were okay with it. They they were like, oh, we can do we can do something with this, and then I was like surprised because obviously our music is a lot more mellow than other stuff, mm. and it's actually. It's probably influenced even over the bridge and other songs and future songs that we've we've got a bit more heavy and have a bit more edge. And the new bass player that's come in, James. Yeah. In a good way, has he helped to kind of progress the style of the band? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, like uh, James is very. His bass lines are just like, you just notice when we're playing with them. It's just like, oh, you're, 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 there's a lot more energy and um, I don't know if that's his playing or just whatever. I was some sort of unknown thing but it's mm. just there's a lot more energy and there's a lot more drive mm. so excited to bring it all live I'd say sorry yeah no I'm I'm, I'm excited um, I'm excited just even the new songs I always get excited about new songs you know mm. um, so I'm excited because they're stylistically a bit different again so it's kind of just interesting uh, just to see how they go and again I'm always trying to write a better song a better song a better song yeah. so yeah 
And that's the thing I noticed because I've, I've, I listen to more than these four. I listen to a lot of your other stuff. And although some songs are different, there's still this common style that I'd know if I was out in the middle of nowhere and I heard it, I would know it was you. Do you know that kind of way? You have a signature style. Yeah, people have actually said that to me and I, I think that's probably one of the, it's all It's the second nicest compliment I've ever got. Uh, the nicest compliment I ever got was there's a lad up home and he turned around to me and was like he's a bit of a, a friendly lunatic <laughs> and he turned around to me one time and he says hey Shimmy Shimmy do you know what your music's actually not shit <laughs> <laughs> I guess coming from a guy like from, that from a guy like that it was, it was a good compliment uh, but no if somebody says that we sound like Elby I, I take that as as a compliment yeah okay so we move on to the third song that you've chosen and this is your current single I think Over the Bridge yeah why did you pick this one again there's a story behind this so we had a gig in Dublin and I'm a bit of a perfectionist it went well but I think I made one mistake and then I was a bit sort of hard oh, on this yourself is big, this is our big chance in Dublin to, to make a name for ourselves kind of thing you know the silly sort of mm. things you tell yourself so I was a wee bit like not upset because the gig went well but it was just I could have been better you know and mm. I was walking home and just it's a long walk from Dublin ah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was walking I was walking back to the car uh, and um, a lot of time to think and basically what I seen was just absolute carnage like and I just was like whoa like I think I seen there was a woman in a river and she was being rescued and then there was somebody on the street passed out and then my mind sort of just went wandering so I kind of was coming from a place that like you know my whatever annoyance was obviously very insignificant and then I kind of just was imagining like the situations that these people maybe ended up to be in that sort of state Okay. so I was sort of thinking relating it to my own life and being like you know maybe when I was 16 I didn't uh, like they might have started drinking on a bridge and doing this and like like what people when I was young did and then just like maybe I took the hold of them and, and everything else And but then I try to keep it positive as well because Again, Nora, she works in Simon, so she actually says that the majority of people she helps turn their life around and stuff, you know. Mm. So it kind of was just me sort of, I don't know, imagining other people's lives in that aspect uh, Mm. and writing down lyrics based around whatever thoughts come into my head. So So we'll have a listen to it and we'll come back and we'll chat some more. This is the third song. This is Over the Bridge.
these heights and the sinner is lost and she's last again my dear my love over the bridge horrible to think you know when you're looking at somebody and wondering what's going on in their life yeah like it was it was a shocking image for me to see and obviously I felt a little empathy for the person but that was just what popped in my head and I I read it down you know Mm. Um, I think as well like again that's just me observing something that was a bit mad it's interesting. Yeah, and you often wonder, you know, because no one knows. You n- No one knows what's going in through somebody's head to do something like that and to feel... I always feel it's sad that at that moment they think that's the best choice to make. Yeah, well, I'm maybe naive and think it was an accident. That's maybe okay. me being optimistic because she was calling for help. She wasn't, like, and okay. the water was shallow and stuff. So, um, But then again, that, you know, it's it's hard for me to... That's maybe being very naive. <laughs> um, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just being too goddamn negative. Yeah. Again, though, it's probably it's probably a bit strange because the music's so uh, poppy. But again, that's probably based on the, the process we were talking about earlier. Mm. And I love there's a bit where you say, oh, the effigies burn. And you usually come straight in. But right at the end, the last, I suppose it's the last pre-chorus, maybe. And you delay everything coming back in. So much so that it keeps catching me out but I love those little just those little things that maybe only happen once in a song yeah they're, they're like um, the wee moments of magic um, that was uh, heavily influenced by Christian Best I'd say he, he definitely was like oh, oh try this for a little bit and see what it sounds like and then we were like oh yeah that sounds great like so as I said before we learned a lot from Christian and definitely like as you say you picked up on it it's something that stands out yeah and the beauty, I guess, as a band is when you work with somebody that good and who's that open, it makes you more open. Yeah, you learn a lot as well. And, and the openness and even just the willing to like, uh, willingness to try things and, as you say, be open. It's just something that you come more comfortable with, you know. Mm. Um, like, as I said before, I take all the advice I hear on and I'm willing to try everything and generally like, there's a lot of talented people out there and a lot of intelligent people and, and they have a lot of good things to say. Mm. Uh, a lot of good advice. You could learn from anybody, I think, in mm. all aspects of life, never mind just music, you know. Mm. If there was one thing 
we say working your time with Christian, if there's one thing that stands out that you've always taken with you, what would it be? I would say um, with Christian, it's probably the professionalism um, because I always, if it was me, probably my band, we'd probably be lo-fi. And we'd be just like, oh, that sounds cool because it's just the way it is there and then. Um, but Christian definitely instilled a professionalism in for me with the band. The, I think the guys were probably a lot more professional anyway. But he sort of just sort of set a standard that it needs yeah. to be at. Yeah. Which I sort of taken on and just been like, okay, like there's the level. Here's our bar. That can we set. can we punch above this? But the level that he set was for me is like there's a professional level and I'm just like trying to hit it, but also hit above it. Mm. So that that sort of. And he's been there and done it. Like he's play, he plays with um, Mick Flannery, who mm. I class is um, like <sighs> successful, uh, very talented musician. You know, mm. he's 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 doing it. You know, mm. that that he certainly is. And your band members, what's the thing that you learn from them the most that you've? So, <laughs> um, I would see I'm the least talented and least musical person in the band and they sort of carry me a lot <laughs> but uh, you've been harsh on yourself aren't no, you no 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 uh, it's the northern thing you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no no they, I learn a lot from them um, so basically some of the ideas I take the band is maybe a bit mad and then they're like oh there may be something here and here and, and they help with the structure of the songs and um, Emily she's she was a professional musician and now she's teaching music and she's always telling me stuff that I can't take in and she goes in one ear and goes out the other so she teaches me a lot but she's potential to teach me even more <laughs> James like he's just his grooves and like he's a very accomplished guitarist himself mm. so there's a lot to learn there as well Nora's uh, a great drummer and it's just like I think I trust them all to be honest Would you find it hard to trust people in general or would you be you know the way some people openly trust from the word go and then you learn as you go on that okay I can't trust but would you be somebody who finds it hard to trust uh, so if somebody gives me a compliment I'm like what do they want okay. <laughs> no no but like I mean uh, so like I would trust them being honest with the songs like if they don't like something or if something wasn't good mm. and and there we have a comfortable space where they can be like oh actually no that's not good or something like this you know and mm. I think that really helps because I, I kind of anything I do that I bring I obviously like but it's not for everybody. Um, so I need kind of like critiques, I suppose, on yeah. different parts and to make the songs better. As far as trusting people on a deeper sense, uh, I think that's for another podcast. <laughs> 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 Tell me, did you ever uh, have you a good relationship with your mother or father? <laughs> Don't worry, I'm only going to go I want to miss. What are the effigies that are burning? Uh, so, again, I was talking about, remember the imagining, say, the. the people younger on the bridge and they used to burn stuff I'm from the north so they used to burn um, the bonfire nights and stuff mm. and, and you know there's a, that's what the effigies was for me it was a case of like oh I wouldn't go to the 11th bonfire night because it's quite dangerous and you know mm. that, so that, that image sort of stuck with me that uh, and there's effigies of uh, people or whatever burning on a bonfire and I sort of imagined that to be the, the danger that was Similar to the danger that these people that were in Dublin and the river, um, okay. if that makes any sense, yeah, I maybe just rambling. Sense. No, no, no. Makes but for me, it was sense. just um, there was a similarity there. That and what was it like growing up as a kid in the north? So I was very fortunate to um, to be 
after the cease the ceasefire and stuff. Mm. And um, but I did I did come across a few instances. I remember when I was fifteen, I was playing football, and they found out I was a GA player, and an adult tried to uh, swipe me from the sidelines. Um, and I was in the middle of an estate, and there was murals to Billy Wright and stuff. <sighs> And I was in um, not the best place to be not a the GA best place player. to be a GA player, and I was a big tall man at fifteen, blonde hair and shimmus. <laughs> so every now and again, I, I'd but generally not much trouble at all, but just enough of it probably to be like I'm aware of, of different things. Because you know? I always find it strange. You have so many, as I call them, public and Republicans down here, right? People who have no idea of experiencing what went on up there. But they get a few pints in them and they're singing the songs and, and all this. Oh, we've them up in the north too. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but it must be, obviously your parents, they lived through it, right? So it must be a calmer place now, is it? Oh yeah, like and the reason I ask is just to get a sense of it. I don't live up there. You only see what you see on the TV, but you only ever see the bad stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. like no, it's it's it's, it's kind of like it's actually a really interesting place, and the people are like, um, there's a there's a really interesting sense of humour because of it. I think almost, mm. um, obviously, like this is me generalising, you know. Um, Isn't that so typically Irish though? We have a good way of laughing at our misgivings. Yeah. There's, there's actually, I got a lyric out of it. There was a bomb that went off in Rattlestown in 1990. I don't think, I'm not sure, I think it was the police that was knowing anybody was killed or anything, but there's a crack in our ceiling <laughs> from the plaster that was uh, above our, below our kitchen. And I have actually a lyric, cracks in the ceiling as, as a reference to that. So okay. there's inspiration everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and have Alba, have you gone back up home and played? Uh, not yet, no. Are you excited to? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I'd love, there's, we're actually looking at venues at the minute to try and get up. Um, I have a lot of friends and family that are dying to see us. And Time for you to do the travelling. Yeah, it'll be a good laugh as well, even if we're on stage in their cork band and then they just hear a big Nordy accent, you know, like, I'm from Randallstown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's a great place and I, I've only good things to say about it and I miss it every now and again, you know. It's, it's, yeah, I can imagine. You get yeah. back home much. Yeah, I get up not as much anymore with the the price of petrol, you know. But I used to go up maybe three or four times a year on special occasions. Yeah. So my sister, she's due in February, so I'm looking forward so to that. That's going to be a special yeah, occasion. Yeah, yeah, so. Unreal. I know he says, says he's sorry, so follow me down to the river. Follow me down to the river. Oh, my dear, my love. Yeah. So that is the protagonist as such, or um, the danger or the, the bad influence is in my head that somebody would be like oh come on come on come on yeah yeah that guy yeah and that's that's where that lyric comes from okay so the final song that you've picked Seamus is the fantastic only you why did you pick this one again all the songs there's a time and place in my life that I read this and the lyrics are meaningful and it's was quite successful a lot of people really like it as well so that that obviously plays a role too like what was the time and place in your life when you wrote it? So it was probably around a similar time after I came back from Canada, I think, and probably similar sort of vibes, but different. So it was kind of maybe me feeling sorry for myself, sort of thinking like, oh, Jesus, you know, who, who'd who want to, to be uh, with myself, you know, sort of thing, mm. kind of thing. And then I met somebody who had an interest in me and was very nice. And, and then it was just like, oh, this is actually lovely. And... Uh, it was kind of like only you can take me away from the previous things before. So it was kind of like sentimental. Wrap your arms around as this blanket covers my chest. Yeah. So just like somebody, because not even necessarily love, just somebody lovely and you're nice or nice. Just 
mm. making you feel good about yourself, you know? Yeah. An awful lot of singer-songwriters suffer with confidence around themselves and, you know, my songs aren't good enough or, as you just said there, would you would you fall into that mould? Would you find yourself, or would you find yourself a confident person in general? Um, or would you second guess? I think I don't think about it too much. I wouldn't be overly confident, um, but I'm not, not confident. Okay. There's times when I'm like, oh, I'm fucking great, and then there's, <laughs> there's other times you're like, oh, Jesus, you know? <laughs> um, so, no, but generally, I'd probably be more um, lower key, you know? Yeah. Uh, not very, I'm not, um, what do you call it, uh, a flamboyant frontman, you know? And that's just part of my personality. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you, I mean, I'm you're, very, I'm very happy and confident in who I am. But it's just who I am, you know. That's amazing. And it also seems, and I guess working with this band, that's only increased your confidence in your ability as a songwriter as well. Yeah, I think, like, my confidence as a songwriter is. Uh, I Nora says I don't sell myself well. She's like, I think, you know, she'll probably be pulling her hair at me talking like this. For me, the confidence that the guys have given me is that I have such talented musicians willing to um, to contribute to my songs. Mm. For me, that for me that sort of suggests that they see there's something in it, and that for me gives me confidence in my songs. Mm. Like I, I obviously like my songs, mm. but even the music I like, not everybody would like the music. So me liking my songs doesn't necessarily mean that they're traditionally good songs. You know, if you go to an open mic or anything everybody's probably singing their heart out and their lyrics mean a lot to them and mm. and their music they obviously like as well because they're performing it in public it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody will like it you know mm. and I always respect anybody doing it because um, it's a way to express yourself yeah you know yeah do you find songwriting therapeutic self-therapeutic for yourself yeah well I would be I'm just an Egypt the rest of the time like so it's probably <laughs> the only time I'm serious you know <laughs> People at work are going to be like, what's this man on about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll have a listen to Only You and then we'll come back and chat some more. Yeah. So this is the final song that uh, Seamus has picked this week. And this is Only You.
till the end of that one, all right? That's a groovy song. That is a groovy, groovy song. I know I read the first two lines of the first verse, wrap your arms around as this blanket covers my chest. And I love this bit then, a moment still and not a sound against the light of the room. And I just, when I heard that, I just get this safe, warm feeling that a good hug can give you. Yeah, yeah. I think it was um, kind of that, that is exactly what it was. Somebody, you know, um, lying maybe on your chest and just, you know, just being content. Yeah. And all the problems of the world just yeah, yeah. wash away. Isn't it beautiful when you find somebody or people, be they friends or lovers or whatever, but it's beautiful when you find people and when you spend that time with them, that time with them is all that matters. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. Um, and it could be something that maybe lasts not very long or whatever, but you still have that those experiences within those time and then mm. you can have longer periods of it now, you know, and it's just, it's nice. And the older you get, the, there's a funny saying always that youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> but the older you get, you your appreciation level for things, even if somebody walks the journey of life with you for five minutes, there's something to get out of that five minutes. Oh, of course, of course. You know, and then somebody could walk that journey with you for years. Yeah. It doesn't really matter the length of the journey, it's the quality of the interaction. Yeah, I, I think uh, just people are great in general, like, you mm. know, like just small things that they do and and are part of and it's just like, it just makes things better, you know? Mm. Like if you can share an experience with somebody, it's always better than by yourself, personally, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm. I could be big or small it doesn't matter it's yeah. just always having somebody there it's good and I sometimes fear and maybe I'm just an old guy <laughs> we now live in a world where we have excess of everything and I sometimes fear and worry do we have too much to appreciate anything or is it about picking through the madness picking the things that matter yeah I think I suppose like you could I think people can overthink things as well like I through my work I, I probably come across a lot younger people than I would socially so mm. and they're all they're all great they're mm. they're probably a lot more their heads are screwed on a lot better than I was when I was their age but mm. they do they do appreciate things it's not like they're just you know glued to the screen or anything I think there's part of that too like but mm. they definitely are no different except for they're maybe more sensible I think Younger people are more sensible, I think, than we were. Yeah, <laughs> or <yeah. laughs> Thank God we didn't have uh, YouTube and oh, TikTok and all these things yeah. when we were kiddos. Eh? Yeah, when I was in college, they didn't have um, decent phone technology, so there was no videos of me being silly Billy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite place, studio or stage, and why? Um, I like... I like them both, but I, I probably prefer the studio. Actually, no, I don't. I, I started to you see. I get I get nervous and I get a bit of uh, stage fright, so it's exhilarating, but it's also terrifying. Mm. Whereas the studio is just like it's a different space because is it a creative space? For you? Oh yeah, no. I, I like I can't sleep because I'm waking up at like two or three in the morning, going, oh, I should put that person there and do this and do this, and then it's just like I can't switch my brain off. Um, so. There's that too, like so. Both of them are great. And with the nerves before the gig, once you're up there on the stage and you sing the opening word or hit the note, 
Does it go for you then? Yeah, no, no, actually. You're so okay it's, then? It's like, I have a wee routine, I have a, uh, one or two pints, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then once I get through the first song, then it's like, oh, okay. Oof, it's, and before you know, gig's over. Yeah, it really is. And it then is. you want it back again. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely there is something to that. Like, um, But that's, that's exhilarating. Like, I think you need to be pushed out of your comfort zone in life to to really live, I suppose. Mm. Um, and that's definitely something that's, I think more people should do things like that. Mm. Um, just and to, it's the wonderful thing about being in a band too, isn't it, that you've got these four people from all various different backgrounds, but all kind of singing on the same hymn sheet, but pushing each other out of their comfort zones oh, to make it a better experience for everybody. Yeah. And even you've got the crowd as well, like they're exper- they're having an experience as well. It's mm. just like I know I'm I'm a fan of Damien Dempsey and he's he sort of looks at it as like a religious experience. Like mm. he said it's like there's something more and something spiritual about it, you know. Mm. I don't know that myself, it's but it's just there's something magical to it, you know. Mm. And every gig's a different gig because every room full of people creates a different energy. Yeah. If I wasn't playing on stage myself, I'm more than likely at a gig myself. Mm. Uh, if I can make it, you know, if I'm not working early the next morning. <laughs> Goddamn work getting in the way of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so 2023, what's it looking like for you, Seamus? What, that and beyond, what have fans of Elbe and Elbe themselves, what have you got to look forward to? Um, so as I was saying, we are going to record one of the new songs, which we're really excited about. We actually have um, two more songs from the last session on Christian coming out. I don't know, can I say yet? But um, I'm sure I can. Uh, it's coming out in early March, just before the gig. We have a single and another song from there. They're, Class. they're really good songs as well. I'm excited for the release. So it's essentially a third EP. And then we're going to record a single the new new songs hopefully finish it up in April and then we're hoping to do a tour with the single so Fab. I think the guys are on the about playing in Collins possibly and then just seeing where else we can get in around Ireland and we're also looking into gigs possibly we have a gig in Fred's on the 9th of March and what a venue yeah Fred's is great like, oh, love it yeah and then I think and show in Dublin they do a similar situation to to Fred. So hopefully we can get those before potentially the single the single launch and maybe we gig in Belfast as well for the for the family and friends. What about there. the super fans over in the UK? You got to get over there. Um, I would love to do. It. Again, we're all working adults, mm. so it's a case of like um, it has to be worth your while as well yeah. financially, really, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? I think it could be on the cards. It depends. It depends how you, I suppose this year goes and maybe next year. You know these things. I'll always be writing music anyway, and and I'll always be playing with these guys if they're willing. But I'm I'm hoping for lots more gigs this year, and if we got a wee festival slot or something, it'd be it'd be awesome. You know, just more people to hear the music because I think I think our music's good, and I think people will like it. So it's just getting it out there. You know. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I I go more than saying you think it's good. It is good. It's really good. I've been really taken by. The Over the Bridge song, when I heard that, I didn't know that it was you. And then I realised when you got in touch with me and then I realised who it was. And then Only You, when you picked that. And the minute I heard that hooky chorus, I was like, I've heard this song as well before. Mm. I wish you nothing but the best. I think you're you're fab and you're our band. We're from Cork. We claim ye as ours and we just want you to be the best. And 
and the best of luck going forward, man. It's been a pleasure to have you in and to hear the stories. And I just love your real calm nature. It's just, you've even eased me. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're a lovely fellow. You put me at ease. <laughs> thanks, thanks a million as well for having me on. Uh, much appreciated. I, I enjoyed it as well. It's lots of fun. <laughs>